Many people think of osteoporosis as a condition you develop later in life. That's not always the case though, and being aware of the risk factors can help you reduce your own risk. I'm your host, Krista Lamb, and today on Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada, I'll be talking with Dr. Rowena Rideout about osteoporosis in people under 50. Dr. Rideout is an endocrinologist at Toronto Western Hospital and a staff physician in the UHN Osteoporosis Program. She's also the chair of the Osteoporosis Canada Scientific Advisory Council. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rideout. It is so nice to have you here. Thank you, Krista. It's really a pleasure to be here. And I am very excited to talk about this topic because I think it's something that people might be wondering about. So to start, does everyone get osteoporosis? I think sometimes people think that as we age, it's an inevitability. Is that true? So it's definitely not true, but osteoporosis is very common as we age. I mean, historically, it's been considered to be a disease of older individuals, primarily postmenopausal women, but truly anyone at any age can develop osteoporosis. So we know that it's much more common in people who are older, but do people under 50 or people in their 50s develop it? And if so, why? So it's certainly much more common in older individuals. While it's much less common in younger people, it certainly can occur. And it isn't very common, but certainly we know it exists. One of the challenges in determining how common it is, is that we don't really have good definitions for what is osteoporosis in a young person. In older people, we have very standard definitions. The original definition that everybody uses from a bone density report with a T-score of minus 2.5 was actually developed for postmenopausal women, but we also use it for uh, men over the age of 50. There's a lot of debate about what osteoporosis is for a younger woman or for a younger man. Some people have said that you use that same T-score, but only in people who've already had a what we call a fragility or a low trauma fracture or in people who have what they call secondary causes of osteoporosis, diseases or drugs that lead to the development of osteoporosis. Other people don't agree with that and say that uh, we shouldn't really be using T-scores, which are really comparing your bone density to that of an ideal young person's bone density, but that you should be comparing it to people your own age and using Z-scores. And in that situation, you never call it osteoporosis. You call it being having bone density within the expected range for your age or below the expected range for your age. There are also other people who say we should only be sort of calling it osteoporosis if you've had a fragility fracture, a low trauma fracture. And that's a fracture that occurs in a fall from a standing height, or but not with any force applied. So we want to know how many people get it. Those definitions or or sort of the the lack of definitions make it difficult to be sure. But people who have looked at it and done studies on healthy young women have discovered that probably only about 03 to 0.5% of otherwise well women by bone density definition uh, have a diagnosis of osteoporosis. And that another maybe 10 to 15% of women will have a diagnosis of what people like to call osteopenia or low bone density, but not osteoporosis. Now, if you look at young individuals who have what we term secondary osteoporosis, that is either a fragility fracture or diseases or, or on drugs that affect osteoporosis, then the numbers are much higher. It's estimated that between 15 and 50% of these people will actually have osteoporosis based on the bone density definition. And there are other studies that suggest that of those people, between 45 and 90% of people who have fractures will be found to have a secondary cause of osteoporosis. 
Can we talk a little bit about those secondary causes? So there's certain drugs that may make you more susceptible to developing osteoporosis. Are there other things that people would be considering as risk factors, things that they should be looking for? Absolutely. So the secondary causes, as you said, uh, drugs we know very well. The major one is prednisone, which is used in a number of inflammatory conditions and on its own has really severe impact on bone because it'll lose bone quite rapidly. And that's used in many conditions, one example of which would be lupus. However, there are a lot of conditions which on their own, independent of whether you are treated with a drug like prednisone or not, can result in osteoporosis and fractures. So some of those are often treated with prednisone, like Crohn's disease or rheumatoid arthritis, but they have effects independent of the drug. There are a number of conditions where you lose your sex hormones, called where we call that hypogonadism. So for women, that would be estrogen. For men, that would be testosterone. And that can occur in a number of situations. For women, you can have early menopause, which we call premature ovarian failure. That can occur with a number of cancer treatments, including chemotherapy and radiation. And it can occur, for example, in pituitary disease because the pituitary controls many of our hormones and will control the function of the ovaries and the testis, resulting in low hormone levels. Type 1 diabetes is associated with a much higher fracture risk than people who do not have type 1 diabetes, even in individuals whose bone density is not that low. People who have eating disorders, anorexia nervosa, have multiple reasons why they may develop osteoporosis and fracture, both in terms of the loss of weight, in terms of the loss of sex hormones, and a number of other hormonal abnormalities. And of course, they also have very poor nutrition. For people who've had bariatric surgery, they are also at increased risk of bone loss. There are a number of other conditions like problems with calcium metabolism called hyperparathyroidism diseases that cause poor absorption through the bowel, such as celiac disease, just to name a few conditions that can also cause bone loss and possibly fractures. So just to ask a follow-up to that, if I'm someone who is either on one of those medications or living with one of those conditions where I may be at higher risk, are there things that I should be looking out for in terms of you know early onset of osteoporosis so that I can start treatment sooner rather than later? Well, I think the important thing is to make sure that you are aware of your risk and make sure that you speak to your physicians about being screened, because early screening will help us to make decisions about what sort of treatment is indicated. For everybody who has one of these conditions, the best thing they can do, regardless of whether their bone density is low or not, is to still optimize sort of lifestyle factors, calcium and vitamin D intake, regular exercise, eliminate any other risks for osteoporosis. We have great difficulty deciding who to treat because guidelines for treatment are not so clear for young people compared to older people. And if you are a young woman with a, you know, a hope for fertility, we have concerns about using medications we use for bone because of the potential risks uh, to the baby if you were to get pregnant. So we know that women are more likely to have osteoporosis than men. However, when we're looking at this younger onset that can often be caused by drugs or health conditions, is it still the same? Are women still more likely than men to develop it? I don't know that we really know the answer to the question, but probably not. The reason why women develop osteoporosis earlier than men is because men have a longer period of time in which to gain bone in young adulthood. And at their peak bone mass, they're generally at a much higher bone density than women are. So there's 
So a man who is started on prednisone or develops a disease like Crohn's disease will probably be starting their period of bone loss at a higher bone density than a woman, and it'll take them longer to get to the point that they have osteoporosis. The other important point is that in some of these diseases, it isn't just the bone density that causes you to fracture, but some other factors related to bone quality or other factors associated with the disease. So bone density measurement doesn't always directly correlate with your risk of fracture. And I don't think we have any evidence to support women being more greatly affected if they have a certain degree of disease than men. I think that's really good information, especially because we often see this as a a women's only disease, but it is definitely not. We had an excellent episode uh, last season about men with osteoporosis. So really good to bring that up. Also, I had heard that even some young adults can develop osteoporosis, which is not something I would have thought about. And is that accurate? And if so, why? So certainly young adults can develop osteoporosis, even if they don't have one of these diseases. Sometimes uh, there are genetic causes. Uh, There are some very rare genetic causes that cause very severe fracturing. But some people do for reasons we don't fully understand, which may be genetic and we just don't understand the specifics of it. The other place we see young women with osteoporosis, which is rare, is during pregnancy and lactation. There are situations where women either late in pregnancy or during the postpartum period while breastfeeding can develop severe spine osteoporosis and spine fractures. And this is usually individuals who are not known to have any secondary causes of osteoporosis. There's a second type of osteoporosis that sometimes occurs during pregnancy called transient osteoporosis of the hip, which can present with severe hip pain and sometimes with a fracture too. These women do not have any other clear reasons to have osteoporosis. So certainly uh, it is something to be aware of and is occurring in young women with no other reasons. So interesting. And I've heard also that early menopause can also be a factor that you might want to consider. Is that something that we have research in? So menopause is the point at which women lose their estrogen and start to lose bone very rapidly because estrogen is extremely important for maintaining your bone density. So if your menopause starts 10 years early or earlier than average, you will start to lose bone very rapidly 10 years earlier than most of your peers. This means that you will reach a very low bone density if you sort of have that potential to do so um, much earlier and develop osteoporosis at a much earlier age. One of the indications for sort of doing screening bone density testing in a woman before the sort of regular age of 65 would be to have an early menopause. And I know that there are things that we've talked about on the show before. For people who may have listened to those episodes, I'd love to get your response as well. We've talked about things like yo-yo dieting and extreme exercise. And can that cause earlier onset of osteoporosis if that's something that you've been doing? So certainly those sorts of things are associated with bone loss. Well, I'm not a diet expert, but yo-yo dieting is, is associated with adverse effects on both the skeleton and on muscle mass. And if you have adverse effects on your skeleton with lowering of bone density, even if you don't develop osteoporosis as a younger person, if your bone density is now lower than it ideally should have been, you will develop osteoporosis much sooner as you go through menopause and sort of have that rapid bone loss. Similarly, with excessive exercise or eating disorders, um, while we talk about exercise as being a good thing for bone, that is within limits as you start to lose more body fat, uh, change your hormone patterns because of the reduction in weight and the loss of body fat, you will lose some bone. 
again, it may not get you to the osteoporosis level, but you are now starting out significantly lower than you otherwise would have, and you are putting yourself at much greater risk for developing osteoporosis, perhaps not as a very elderly person, but as a middle-aged or just slightly postmenopausal woman. Well, you talked a lot about things that could cause this to happen. Are there things that we should be doing to prevent this from happening or to perhaps delay this from happening? Well, it all gets just back to all the things we talk about, about lifestyle. Um, We encourage people to have a healthy lifestyle, which is both diet and exercise and avoiding factors that are deleterious to bone. So in terms of diet, we talk about calcium, which we recommend, if possible, you try and achieve through your diet. Guidelines for younger adults would be 1,000 milligrams of calcium a day through a variety of dairy and non-dairy items if you can do it. If you can't achieve that through your diet, then supplements are an option, but it's not generally recommended that people take 1,000 milligrams of calcium a day as a supplement. For vitamin D, um, the levels are important. And mostly the major source of vitamin D for us is synthesis through our skin from sunlight. Now, we live in Canada. Um, Because of the latitude we live at, that's great in the summer, but in the wintertime, it really doesn't matter how long you stand outside in the sun. The wrong rays are reaching your skin and you will not synthesize vitamin D. So the general recommendation is that we should all at least take 400 units of vitamin D daily, which you can get in almost any multivitamin. Exercise, well, everybody recommends exercise for good health, and the same is true for osteoporosis. We're talking about a variety of exercises. We're talking about weight-bearing exercise, which is what everybody's heard of, but also strengthening exercise. And as we get older, balance exercises will help in the prevention of falls. And if you don't fall, you're much less likely to fracture. So all of that becomes very important. Avoiding smoking, avoiding excess alcohol intake uh, are all things that are good for your health and also good for your bones. That's all excellent advice. And if someone is listening and they're wondering if perhaps maybe they've been on a medication short term or they've, you know, done some yo-yo dieting in their past or done something that maybe they're just not sure, are there specific things that they should be looking for before they go in and get that bone density test or request it? Are there any signs or symptoms? So obviously the commonest sign or symptom of osteoporosis is a fracture. So if you've had a fracture with minimal trauma, you haven't fallen off three steps or a ladder, uh, or you weren't ice skating and you fell and broke something, that is always a red flag. And even, you know, an adult, a a 40-year-old adult, that's always a raises the alarm bells that should you be screening those people for osteoporosis. And it's generally recommended that that would be something to be considered. If you haven't had a fracture, but some of those things have been in your past, If you were on long-term steroids, prednisone, then consideration of a bone density test at any point in time is reasonable. The guidelines would actually recommend that anybody who's going to be on at least moderate doses of prednisone, and that would be five milligrams daily for at least three months, should have a screening bone density test just to help make decisions about where to go from there. If you only got short courses of therapy, sometimes people get that for breathing issues, for example, and you just get a very rapid taper over a few weeks or a month, probably not a big issue. People also worry about inhaled steroids that they get for asthma or topical steroids for skin conditions. Usually we we don't consider that a big enough risk to necessitate screening bone density testing up front. But you might just want to be more careful and think about your lifestyle and try to do those things that are good for your bones to optimize your bone health. 
And just out of curiosity, because I'm very interested in the research base around conditions that are uh, not common in certain populations are often understudied in those populations. Is it similar? Do we have enough research yet in younger onset osteoporosis, or is that something that's still developing? That's really an excellent question. And the answer to that is absolutely not. Because of both the frequency of osteoporosis in older women and also the severity and the implications in terms of morbidity, virtually all of the research that has been done has been in postmenopausal women. There's certainly a fair amount of research in steroid-induced osteoporosis for people on prednisone and similar drugs. But again, most of that is in postmenopausal women, not in premenopausal women. There is very little data on the prevalence of the disease, on what a bone density means in younger people. We don't even really know how your bone density result correlates with your risk of fracture if you are under the age of 40 or 50. We have tools to estimate fracture risk that we use all the time. The worldwide one is FRAX. The Canadian one is KROP. Those are not validated for use in younger people. So we can't even take your bone density test take your other risk factors, put it into this tool and say your risk for a fracture over the next 10 years is X, which we can do for an older people. For FRAX, we can use it for people 40 years or older for the Canadian CAROC tool. It only applies to people who are 50 and older. So no, we have very little data to help us make any sort of treatment decisions or even advise people who are younger. Let's hope that's something that changes in the future. And to wrap up, because we're almost out of time, I wondered if there was any other information that we didn't cover today that you wanted to make sure that we got into this episode. I think just for people to be aware of the possibility uh, that they may develop osteoporosis later in life and that starting young is always going to optimize your bone health and reduce your risk going forward to be sort of cognizant of all those lifestyle factors for healthy living that will help improve and maintain your bone density is really important. And I think that is wonderful advice. And thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's been wonderful to speak with you. It's really been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much to Dr. Ryda for joining us today. I'm Krista Lamb, and you've been listening to Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada. Today, I've been speaking with Dr. Rowena Ryda about osteoporosis in those under 50. If you'd like more information on osteoporosis, visit our website at osteoporosis.ca. If you have questions or comments about this topic or about our podcast, reach out to us on our website or via social media. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Enjoying the show? Hit subscribe in the podcast provider of your choice. Thanks for listening.